Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 413. This is your guide to the geek side. I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. Woohoo! Take two! Yes, this is going to be a fun one because we were all in our all in. Our energy levels were up, and then uh, we had a snafu. But guess what? It's going to even better because you know we already practiced. So we're, right, we're, practice know, we is our good. Lines down. You know, uh, we're going to be into this. But you know what? We are joined by a special guest this week, a good friend of ours. Back after almost a year, that is Mr. Luke Lore from the Xbox Expansion Pass, and also the Patreon for the same thing. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. All right. Glad to be here. Appreciate you guys bringing me back. Love, love, love talking DC. Uh, And in general, it's just been too long, boys. It's good to see you. Absolutely. So congrats again on the, on the Patreon. Uh, Luke uh, has one of the best podcasts about Xbox used to do it solo. He has now brought on a new host, uh, uh, Captain Logan. And just like we are doing with our own podcast to grow, to pay the bills, just to keep doing what we love. Patreon is a great way to do it. And so Luke, um, uh, obviously it's probably, let me guess, it is going to be patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass. Yeah, you nailed it. That's it. That is it. It's um, it was a scary step to take, but when we, I've been making content for three years on my very humble laptop, and uh, as the needs of of growing with an audience, it's like all right, time to need. I need to upgrade if I want to keep growing, and uh, it's always a cool thing to see people be supportive. It's been a great launch. People have been really kind. If they couldn't support financially, they were sharing it. They were telling people about it, um, and that in and of itself was a reminder of just how cool it can be so i'm grateful excited nervous yeah cool yeah we can't see what what you do with the patreon and obviously what allows you to do next because you do awesome interviews uh you have a great discussion about um xbox and 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 from a non-biased perspective which is always appreciated not a fanboy you'll call them out as needed and but you don't hesitate to show your love and enjoyment of the things that make it xbox special 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah rising tide lift all boats man Every time. Absolutely. You know what? And, well, we have Patreon, too. So we're Patreon uh, compadres. And we just wanted to say thank you to our patrons. Um, We've already got a couple that have joined us along the way. But we had an influx of new members. Um, Charlie, I'll do the Friends with Benefits tier, folks. Uh, Mr. Johnsdorf joined us. That's a great tier where you get new content. So appreciate that. You get to become part of our Discord group and the Patreon uh, part of that channel. And then the Phoenix Sisters Cosplay they were one of our first members and we forgot to thank them. So thank you for being part of uh, our podcast uh, friends within the Patreon network. We thank you. Awesome. And jumping into the friend zone, that is our entry level tier. A couple of pals of mine, uh, Joanna Daskovich is a work friend of mine and Derek Trevilian is a local buddy who is a figure collector along with me. And I just said, Hey, if you want to help us out, that would be great. And they did. And welcoming back, of course, from our Best for our BFF level is the awesome Nias family. That would be Sean, Stella, and Henry, and my awesome friend, Missy Merchant. We love you all. Thank you for helping us do what we do. Yeah, and uh, the most recent thing we dropped on Patreon that's exclusive, Mark dropped the Canarian Corner, which is great. It's his take on what he's excited about in the world of comic books or whatever. Uh, This time it was uh, video games. 
with GoldenEye dropping. Very cool. He did a perspective of uh, the Xbox versus the Switch version. And then we dropped uh, our second episode of the Spinner Rack, where we did our review of Kang the Conqueror. Basically, it's the newest comic focusing on Kang's origin, especially as it's coming out with Ant-Man as the main villain. This is a good time to revisit a story with him. So check it out there if you're interested. Um, It's available for all Patreon subscribers at the Friends with Benefit level and above. So... Thank you, patrons. Yes. Yes, So now one of the things we have to talk about that people love about our show is us talking about a cover that is infamous. And that is number 13, the champions from Marvel Comics from May 1977. Uh, The champions in this issue features the team members of Hercules, Black Widow, Angel, Ghost Rider, and Iceman. And apparently Darkstar is also in this comic, and she's going to try to save the day. Oh, man. Yeah, they're fighting some wacky demons or whatever. And uh, yes, the creatures of Camo Tharn. Mm, interesting that we don't know more about this, probably because it went nowhere. Because, yeah, that's a team that I think they dwindled in the teens. And before they had issue 20, I think they were toast. So, hey, you know what? A lot of comics back in the day was clearly just kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. And maybe this didn't stick so much. But you know yeah. what? A plus for effort, I think. This was like the annoying brother to the defenders. The defenders are always already like a C tier. This is like mm-hmm. a D tier. And I don't think the champions have been back for quite some time. But no. you know what? It could be the na- next greatest thing for the Marvel Cinematic Universe phase. Could 18. Be. They own it. Why not? Make the most of it. Make the most of it. Yes. So after you're done reading this comic, because I know you want to, we're going to check in with our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb. Take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Luke, Madam Webb has been very quiet lately. She's been demure, but her ears perked up when she said uh, she heard that you have a new co-host, Captain Logan. Um, you know, I don't know how lonely those seas get at, get at night on the Sea of Thieves, but if he's looking for maybe a uh, a casual lady to help... Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, play a, a, with a, his mast. A, la- a lady of the mid evening, not lady of the night. <laughs> to mm-hmm. help with his mast. Uh, oh, boy. She might be available. My goodness. I oh. don't, ooh. Well, there's an image that we'll all treasure. Yeah, I hear they have Medicare for that. Anyway, uh, Todd, during the sports ball game last week, which I was forced to tune into for about 10 sucky minutes and still didn't see this trailer, um, we got. A trailer, if you didn't hear me saying that before. Uh, Picard Season 3, Star Trek. Uh, this season has been a source of kind of knuckle-whitening terror for us over on Code 47 because, Luke, you're a big Star Trek guy. You've been on with us before, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yep. You know, I... Uh, Season two of Picard was not a joy. Uh, I don't know if you have particular wonderful feelings about it, but you know that expression I just used about Marvel in the 70s, mm-hmm. throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks? Well, that mm-hmm. was Picard season two, and nothing stuck. You know, you tried to put Borg and the Q and some time travel and Guinan, and it just did not land. Well, we've known for about a year now that season three of Picard will be the return of the entirety of the classic TNG cast, potentially giving us the send off that we were really robbed of back in 2002 with Star Trek Nemesis, their last film, which just fell very, very flat in the eyes of most people. And of course, we've dissected that on Code 47 as well. So, uh, Todd, you are the you're you're the, you're the tough stuff, dude, when it comes to evaluating stuff. How did this trailer make you feel? 
Oh, I, I'm, I'm really excited for it, but I've been fooled again, <laughs> previously by Picard. Have we all? Have we um, all? I hope they've learned the lesson uh, with a lot of these shows lately where it's set up a, a lot of setup and then a lot of like doldrums during the, like the, the next seven episodes. And then they realize, oh, wait, we're ending in one episode. Oh, crap. We better wrap this up. And yeah. then it becomes like a season two. too much, not really great um, feeling like you were, you've got a satisfying ending. And it like, ooh, ooh. Didn't they learn from the previous season? They did the exact same thing. I don't know. I, I am hopeful because I like all the cast. I think this is great um, that, uh, you know, we're going to be seeing some new characters. It looks like Jerry Ryan is essentially she's going to have her own new crew, which is kind of cool, too. Yeah, so we're she's get old yeah. and new. She's in Starfleet now. She's first officer of the ship. Uh, you get to meet the captain. He's the guy who's kind of, uh, you know, having dinner with Picard and Riker and saying, well, we're going to have a nice easy cruise, blah, blah, blah. Um, they have this young man who some people are saying, is that Picard's long lost son? And that's why Crusher showed up. Or is that his nephew who was supposed to have died back in Star Trek Generations and blah, blah, blah. Who no- could be nothing at all. But um yeah, I, I know people, lots of journalists, a uh, friend of the show, Kurt Krug, is a journalist and got a screener. So he's seen the first six episodes and he said, this is what Star Trek is supposed to feel like. Um, so when seasoned professionals are giving it the thumbs up and, you know, Kurt, is he's a great journalist. He's a freelance guy. When something sucks, he always lets me know. So that gives me some hope. Luke, are you feeling that this is going to deliver? Yes. Uh, I absolutely am. I agree with Charlie about season two. In general, I think a lot of Picard has been forgettable, despite me grinning ear to ear when I watch it. Um, it, If that makes sense, like I'm enjoying it, I'm having fun, but like I'm like, what are we doing here? That this doesn't feel right. This looks like it will be exactly what we kind of all wanted the show to be in general. You know what I mean? Like that was the the biggest thing is I, I just wanted more of these characters together. Um, I like the idea of this darkness coming. I really, it makes me wonder about that. I think it was season two episode conspiracy. Like, is yes. this finally oh. that coming back? I want that to be the thing. Oh, the season one, the, uh, the bluegills, the little thingy with the, the getting the, yeah. Oh, yeah. From TNG back at, yeah, at the end of season one, that was the yeah. one where they had the dude that they exploded at the end. Cause he was yeah. the mother bluegill. Oh, yeah. oh baby. What if it's them it's coming back? Cause it's like, you know, I mean, you don't they, trust no yeah, one. They, like, oh, yeah, they did that. They did that in beta canon with the DS9 relaunch. They brought back those bluegills. So, but yeah, but this would, you know, not, nothing in beta canon counts. So it's all just fan fiction. So mm-hmm. they could do anything they want if it's not been done on screen. That's the Star Trek rule. So, um, I do have a follow up question because um, something's really important to, to mention. Uh, did we ever get a notice that we're going to get Riker's frozen pizzas? Or Riker Pizza Restaurant, because that was a big part of like what when Riker showed up, we're going to make you pizza and pizza was a big deal. Right. I I don't know that in a free, you know, the free market economy uh, in in the Federation where there's no money that he could either be successful or not be successful. Uh, So who knows? Maybe that's one of the hard hitting, you know, questions that's got to be addressed. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. I'm glad I called it out because I, I was afraid everybody was good. too afraid to to talk about pizza. Don't let, yeah, the hard the hard hitting pizza issues. I, I I can respect that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, next story, you know, after we're done, you know, getting excited about Picard three, uh, you know, that's what coming out mid 
It's up? Feb, Feb 16, so just 10 days from now. Perfect, perfect. So after Valentine's Day, after you're done uh, being romantic, you can get you know excited about uh, Picard. Get romantic but, with Picard. But something that uh, was announced, which I got a kick out of, and the fact that we are getting an actual, real biography on Scott Lang. It's his memoir that you can buy, and... Uh, <laughs> It's a real thing. It's being published, and it's going to be able to be bought uh, at at you know bookstores, which is very funny. It's essentially it's the incredible story of an ex-con turned world-saving superhero. The oh, ad man. for this is really well done. Uh, Paul Rudd is is kind of confused if it's him or it's not. Uh, at times, <laughs> he 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 tells people this will change your life. He's told you you can't say that. He goes, it might change your life. Um, I love this. I, I think it's a great synergy of just something fun and dumb that we could expect. Um, the book, though, apparently it's. Coming, it's not coming out very soon, which I thought was very odd. It's like, well, yeah, shouldn't why, this be like coming out in like two or three weeks? Why wouldn't that be a promo to the film? That didn't make any sense. It's September fifth, twenty twenty three. Oh, is when okay. it's coming out. Good plan, guys. I guess that I guess their printing presses don't work that fast, or He's, you couldn't put it out digitally. He's still writing it, maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that's funny. No, I had not. This was not on my radar at all. Um, but that's but that's fun. This book yeah, it's, is 100% it's called real. Look Out for the Little Guy. Um, oh my gosh. And he's just going to tell you stories about who he was, his past. Um, and then uh, it's got a byline uh, by Bruce Banner. It says, introduces the man behind the hero and the hero I call friend. Bruce Aww. Banner, fellow Avenger. So, um, you know, this this is going to be fun. But I just wanted to bring this back to the, actually the real discussion at heart. Um, do you guys have any like fake you know, books that like have been introduced in things like uh, whether it was like a tome or something referred to in fiction. It's like, oh, oh, I would love to read that book. I read an excerpt of um, God Hates Us All, which was Hank Moody, the, the, uh, Dave Duchovny's character from Californication. That was published. Oh, um, and I and I read the beginning of it. And the whole series is around how he's this brilliant writer. And he wrote this great book. And then he went into seclusion and stuff. And I read the first little bit of it. And I'm like, it just reads like the show. I'm not impressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like yeah, it wasn't the next, you know, Shakespeare or whatever. Luke, do you have one? Like a, I like don't. A, like a- no, no. Like I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I have one, and I don't know. Maybe it's been produced, but Tobin's Spirit Guide. Oh, I was Ghostbusters, right? Unusual literature. Tobin's Spirit Guide. <laughs> Is that? I'm sure it's real, right? Like I'm sure somebody's right. got it somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, and another one I thought about was the the character that inspired. Uh, Bruce Wayne to become Batman. It was he was a, a movie character. Was it the Grey the Ghost? Gray Ghost? Wasn't it the Gay Blade? Oh no, that yeah, was. So I don't know. If, I don't know if the Grey Ghost ever got like a real comic book or something like that, or if it was. A, but that would have been cool too to like you know, right? Another building of like kind of the mythology and doing something fun. And Batman's running around so long that that would have probably made a lot of sense. Right, right, right. Yeah, the Grey Ghost. Love it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's other books out there that people have referenced, and, and you know, like if it, I think if like any like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like Giles Librarian had like a billion like supernatural tomes, so I would like to get most of those, which would be fantastic. But oh well, um, yeah, this is this is great. It's fun. I, I would love to see more, uh, you know, properties lean into just be that kind of that um, tongue in cheek, just having fun with it. So um, that's available coming out in September. And I would say it's probably timed with the the release on video, but no, because things come out not one like three months yeah. later. So yeah, yeah, just, I, I, I don't get sense. it. 
I don't get it. Oh, well. Uh, but lastly, our, our last story is um, it's Star Wars news, which I normally wouldn't cover. Uh, but this one has me really interested, and that's Star Wars Vision Season 2. Star Wars Vision Season 1 was a basically anime take on Star Wars tales. Mm-hmm. They're very short, like 10, 15 minutes long, by different anime studios. Um, and I was uh, I liked a couple, but a lot of them felt very hit and miss. And we are getting uh, season two, which is more international. So it's going to have animation studios from the U.S., South America, uh, India, all over the world. And Ardman uh, is really the standout to me because Ardman Studios is going to be doing one. And Ardman makes um, uh, (laughs) – oh, my God. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. It's it's the um, Wallace and Gromit. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, that's funny. The, so the claymation, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. They did Chicken Run. They did a couple other things. Um, but a lot of the in- animation style that I've seen, it's it's all over the place. Some of it's CG. Some of it's hand drawn yeah. animation. It's uh, some almost like paper craft, like the the studio that did um, uh, Over the Garden Wall, uh, which almost it's it's a, a British studio. Um, just really interesting visual styles, which I think means that they can tell really different stories and can really go uh, far. And one of them was interesting, and they list the name of the the titles. One's called Sith by El Guri. Uh, one is called Screechers Reach. Which, if, Charlie, if you know any of any things, or Luke's, if you know if there's a reference to any of these, let Mm-mm. me know. Uh, this is by Cartoon Saloon in the Stars by Punk Robot. I'm Your Mother by Ardman. Um, which, uh, let's see, it doesn't say anything about the synopsis. Journey the Darkhead by Studio Mir, Spy Dancer, Studio La Cachet, The Bandits of Golok, 88 Pictures, The Pit by Dart Shatago and Lucasfilm LTD, and then Aura's Song by Triggerfish. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, there was an Oryx Sing uh, in... Star Wars, but that's about it. But yeah, the, looking at these, it's all the stu- all international studios. One, you know, there's an American one, South Africa. I saw Singapore, France, uh, Korea. Um, yeah, I just uh, Chile. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff here. So that's that's awesome. And again, <clears throat> obviously, over on Holocron, we talked about season one, and I, I was kind of a, a tag along for that because anime is just not my jam, but. Always willing to give it a second run, particularly if they're diversifying, because Todd, we've talked time and again that if Star Wars just keeps stuck, you know, stuck in the way, if they're still stuck in second gear, they're never going to, you know, do a great job of winning that race. So um, this is exciting. This is this is this is good, exciting news that they're branching out and trying to do different stuff. The first season, I don't believe, was canon at all. So I'm assuming no, it's not be canon either. So. Unless sure, somebody, yeah. unless somebody really loves something and it gets like acclaim, then they could say, "Oh, just kidding, it is canon now." But um, or they can work it into something. That's yeah. how. That's how you know non-canon becomes canon in Star Wars. Exactly, Luke. Did you watch any of the first season? Nope, nope. I knew it existed and didn't pay any mind to it. Um, I think it really, my eyes are just set on Mando because we had yeah. Obi Wan. Yeah, Boba had mixed. I had mixed thoughts on Boba. Um, so I, my eyes are just on Mando, ready for Mando 3. Oh, baby. Oh, Did yes. you ever watch? I mean, there was a, there was something similar to, called The Animatrix, which was animation mm-hmm. shorts Love based that. on the Matrix universe. And there was mm-hmm. one by Dark uh, for, for Batman, too. It was basically six Gotham Batman right. stories. 
and that was really cool. And they had some neat ones, like kind of like the villains talking about their experiences uh, against Batman and how different they portrayed Batman, which is kind of a Mm -hmm. cool take. So um, I would love to see more like that. Like those just really unique tales that you just don't get anywhere else. Yep. Agree. Cool. Cool. Well, that is it for the news this week. I am stealing Charlie's thunder, but Charlie, why don't you take us to the next segment of the show? Oh my goodness. It would be my esteemed pleasure. Well, it's time to get out your app uh, for the Fuber, the Feeble Uber app. We've got to get down to Skugtown talking about Nastyville, wherein you shall find the Geek Easy, where we talk about what we're watching and reading. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and the cover band is playing, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So wowie wow, gentlemen. Uh, Luke, why don't you kick us off on on something I think we're all excited to talk about. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, absolutely. The past few weeks, I have become enamored with the quality, the the acting, and the writing of The Last of Us. Yes. This is a masterpiece of a show thus far and i had my reservations and contextually for anybody that's a gamer that's listening not a gamer the last of us is considered you know high bar but i never liked it i never enjoyed it it was very good well done and whatnot but i never had fun because it's such a dark story but it works so well in video or rather as a show i should say and i'm really enamored with pedro pascal's performance the writing in general feels sincere and Without a doubt, gentlemen, episode three broke me. I don't oh actually agreed. Uh, For get anyone emotional. who has a heart, to quote uh, to quote Jack Donaghy from Thirty Rock when asked if he liked Phil Collins, "Well, I've got two ears and a heart, don't I?" <laughs> yeah, my God, it it. I've not. I don't cry often, if ever, and I bawled by the end oh, of that episode. The wife and, and I were was, good. A good handhold. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it, was it was good. Well done. And that's what that show is. That's what, that, that's what that story is. And as a game, sometimes I worry it's a bit pedantic and a little kind of up its own, up its own butt. But <laughs> as a show, it just works so well. So well. Yeah, this this was a very unique episode because, uh, Luke, I've been talking about how I I was playing the, the the demo of the uh, Last of Us Part One re-release. Sony put out a mm-hmm. demo that was two hours long, so I essentially played up to uh, the first two episodes essentially mm-hmm. in the game. That's mm-hmm. a lot of what allows what you to do allows you to do. Um, so I was always wondering about the pacing, what they would do. This episode is essentially Where's not even new? in the game. It's yeah, brand it's new. We made Bill in the video game right. very short. It's very he basically you're trying to get a truck. Bill's the guy you get the truck from in the game, and he essentially mentions casually about losing his his partner. That's it, right? So this I mean, was a this was a drill down, as it were, and yeah, it's it was it was the opposite out of what we talked about last week with um, going off book with written material because we talked about uh, you know the uh, we talked about the Game of Thrones and how they kind of soldiered on after the material was gone and how it didn't work out so great. We talked about James Bond and how a lot of its original stuff. So yeah, this went off book, or they took like a little something, and you know, and in Star Wars. That doesn't always work out so great. You'd be like, oh, let's do a side story about Lando's, you know, what do I always say? What Lando had for breakfast the Tuesday after, mm-hmm. you know, the Empire Strikes Back and it's a train wreck. This was masterful because it told a story that anyone, regardless of your sex, age or whatever, can mm-hmm. relate to. Love, loss, 
hopefully most of us partnership and then, you know, loss again. And we've all had it in some way, shape or form. If it's a partner, if it's a kid, it's a parent. Yeah. This hit home to all of us, I'm sure. And it, it was the acting level uh, mm-hmm. was just, just Nick Offerman just took me to a level. I didn't know that he had as an actor, which right. to me is, is just very impressive. And uh, it, in, some ways it was a little unbelievable to think the events could have existed within that world of, you know, people going around, but just the way they explained how things happened, uh, the, the level of writing for the characters, like Joel, I never liked you, but I did respect you. I was like, well, Aww. man, like that's like, but like what could be more Joel to be like, I get it, you know? Yep. Um, okay. And at well, the end of the episode, like- Joel was wearing, uh, Nick Offerman's partner's shirt. Frank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Frank's shirt. And I don't know if people caught that. I noticed that. I didn't. Um, yeah. If you, the one that, that Joel leaves with is the shirt that Frank arrived with. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know how he, it must have been in the laundry because they didn't go in the bedroom. Because, well, <laughs> well, they were dressed up that night, right? Right. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you're right. They, they, they were told not to go into the, the bedroom. Right. Um, yeah. So, so there was, there was the, the, in the wash, it was hanging on the lines, must have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed, uh, Frank, the actor Frank, is an actor that's very new to me. But, Charlie, you probably know him better. I don't know if you, Luke, if you watch The White Lotus, but that is the manager oh, yeah, yeah. of The White Lotus, who is, yes. I think, is, uh, he's Australian in real life. He so is, because he, yeah. he was on Colbert or Kimmel or something last week. Um, so yeah, so he's there speaking in his Aussie accent. I was like, what? Oh yeah. my goodness. And this episode got me back in love with Linda Ronstadt, which that's not hard to do. And that was, that's funny. Cause that's one of her classic, like 60s songs. That's not even, you know, her big blip in the seventies where she did, you know, poor, poor pitiful me or, uh, you're no, You're good. no good. Yeah. 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 This was, this was her back. Cause I went and found it immediately on, on Amazon and it's very heavily orchestrated. And it sounds like, Oh, this is from the, this definitely from the late sixties before they got in before she was a rocking chick in the seventies, she was doing this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, you know, and I think this gives me pause and Luke, you've played both games. We actually, I had you on to talk about as, as a round table on, on uh, the second game. Mm-hmm. And this gives me pause to understand. Like I first thought this, the whole first game would be done in one season. I, I don't know how many episodes there are, but considering that they're doing like this, and I expect maybe now we'll see more of these sidebars. And, and, and yeah. this may, that the first season may not just, it, it may not make it through the first game. It may be like the is. first game is two seasons. I well, thought you about know, that, they did come yeah. out and say, yeah, they came out and said that the season two is going to be part two. So, oh, really? uh, so they clearly are going through it, but that wow. makes me wonder because I don't know how you adapt part two into a show entirely. There are a few time travel portion, not time travel, but like flash portions. Uh, oh, gotcha. Kind of split bit. story too. Yeah, right. yeah that's two different stories. Yeah, that's where I'd wonder is 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 there a is there an organic moment in that first game where you can split it where it's even, or do they have well, to do a lot more supplemental game, material? You can. The first game okay. is set into seasons. So they even call it out like this is winter and there's some very right. specific things oh, that I happen where I could see they could split this up. And 
I, I do I, I I don't know how many episodes there are, but I do worry after three episodes in if this is a ten episode season, seven more episodes. There's a lot of heavy lifting because there's a lot of stuff left gotcha. to cover. Okay. Episodes are long though. I mean, they're in the hour That's hour true. plus range. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah, hour plus, and you know, and it's solid programming. So there's not like a huge long recap or commercial breaks or like when Todd and I were watching Buck Rogers and they have a pre preview that's like two minutes. Like here's what's going to happen in the thing you're about to watch. They had a lot of time to kill back in the day. Yeah, there, there's a great interview with Nick Offerman on Jimmy Kimmel. You should watch it. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really good uh, conversation. He's married to Megan Mullally, and oh they're God. such a great couple. Right. They're fantastic. They've done so much stuff together, and of course, she was also on Parks and Recreation. She was Tammy, too. Oh, the crazy uh, wife. Two ex-wives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, was it Patricia Richardson was Tammy one, and she was the buttoned so. up yeah. one? And yeah. then Tammy, too, was the crazy one, but Tammy, too, was terrified of Tammy one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's your mother's Everybody name. was. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I cannot wait. It's on tonight. Yes, I know. Four. Appointment uh, viewing. I never. We, we're always done with our stuff by 9 p.m. because we got to watch that and then we go to bed. Yeah, I tell you, HBO they nail appointment television like I think no one else does. Maybe Mando or Disney or something like that. But man, oh man, right. I think the world just stops. Well, right, when but there's an but episode of something. Things on Disney come a, come on um, midnight. Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern. So that's, that's not true. appointment viewing. Watch it first thing in the morning if you can. But yeah, no, 9 p.m. Yeah, HBO has cornered the market on that. And may they continue to because I like that. It's very cool. It's a lot of a lot of talk like this where we can digest an episode. We don't just imagine if this was dropped all at once. No, I don't, we see. Yeah, the, the third just, episode might have gotten like, you know, we wouldn't have this great discussion be like, right. OK, uh, people haven't gotten to it. and They'd be spoiled. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Correct. Amundo. Cool. Luke, what else you got? Uh, I'm also enjoying a show called The Rookie, mm-hmm. which is uh, with Nathan Fillion, and my wife and I put it on. Very low stakes cop, cop show, which is something that we enjoy because uh, it's kind of it's not so cheesy that you know we're like, all right, come on, but it's cheesy enough that you can escape and be happy while you watch a cop show. Uh, yeah, and so that's been our go-to right now, and I, I like Nathan Fillion a lot. I think Castle is going to be on our list next. Oh, um, Castle's fantastic. Such yeah, a good show. I've seen a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, we we did, we did something similar with a show called American Auto that's on Peacock right now that has the star is somebody from SNL and I could never place Anna Gasteyer. Thank you. Oh my god! And all the other people are are kind of kind of nobodies. But again, it's a sitcom and very low stakes. But it's set in Detroit, which is my hometown, so I kind of enjoy it. In the auto industry, which if you live in Michigan, everybody's life is touched by the auto industry, so I kind of enjoy it for that. Luke, I was going to say, because The Rookie, it's successful, it's, it's been going on, it's a premise is about, you know, he was an older guy who basically was the oldest rookie <laughs> ever uh, to uh, police force, and now they have a spinoff of it called The Rookie, like, uh, uh, Feds, and it's, uh, what's her name, Charlie, from uh, Reno 911, the, the black lady. Oh, uh, uh, C. Oh, God, what's her name? Cece Nash. Yes. Yeah. So she is the Niecy same. Nash. It's a rookie, but as a Cece Nash. Officer. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have, you know what? I actually saw a billboard for that driving through Chicago several months ago. I, so that does sound familiar. I watched episode one of the Rookie Feds, and it it's more cheesy than the Rookie, and <laughs> they really beat to death the fact that she was a counselor. It's a little because I love Nisi Nash, but it's a little heavy handed on some of the yeah. things. Like, when I was a counselor, we were part of a national network and oh we knew God. our kids and it's like, oh, and now you've solved the murder because you knew it's like, okay, <laughs> a little, little much here. It's easy there to believe go. Nathan right. Fillion was a contractor. 
Uh, right. And that applies. It doesn't really work for the FBI part, but it's fun. And that's the cool part. And sometimes there are little pop-up characters from the rookie in there. It's its own little cinematic universe. And again, it's low stakes, so you can't be mad. You're just having fun yeah. going on this Why ride. are you mad, bro? Oh my yeah, it's on Hulu. I think everything's it's all on Hulu, so you can yeah. catch yeah. up frequently. Yeah. Got to. All right, let's keep things moving. Tadden, you and I saw, and we had to coordinate about this because I know you had some scheduling issues, but you went out and saw The Knock at the Cabin. That is the latest opus by M. Night, Shamalama Ding Dong, uh, following up Old the Beach, the Beach That Makes You Get Old, uh, and his last several movies, which didn't really do it for me personally. You didn't like Glass or Split? Um, okay, you know what? I'll give you those, but I was thinking of The Visit, the one with the kids. Oh, that that, yeah. that, stunk, that stunk. I didn't really oh, care for oh, that. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. And Luke, have you? do you care about this movie? We don't want to spoil anything for you. No, I even read an article of all the M. Night Channel on twists. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and, I don't this, yeah. and this one was pretty well laid out, I think, in in trailers for the well, for the most part, except for, you know, it leads you right up to the point where, well, the, it, the trailer kind of takes you as far as you need to go in order to get you interested, in my opinion. So yeah. you have you have a same sex couple. They have an adopted daughter. They're on vacation. Like everything Shyamalan does, it's in Pennsylvania. It's in the woods somewhere. They rented a cabin and they're it opens up the little girl's. Playing in the woods, collecting grasshoppers, and here comes Dave Batista out of the woods. Holy shit! <laughs> and this, you know, he's like two hundred times bigger than this little girl, but he's very polite. He introduces himself. Hey, my name is was it Leonard? Was his name Leonard? Yeah, my name is Leonard. What's your name? And her name is already forgotten. Gwen. Gwen. Something Gwen. like that. Wow. Yeah, and they start chit chat, and he says, "Well, I, I'm here to make friends with you and and your dads." And you're already like, "Oh, please, I just don't want him to be a serial killer." Uh, but at any rate, she gets freaked out. Oh, she gets freaked out when Leonard's associates also start to walk out of the woods, and they all have crazy, scary weapons. Like one's got a hatchet, and one's it's a hatchet with a knife on the end of it, and it's um it's a hodgepodge of actors. The only one you're really going to necessarily pick out is uh, Rupert. Yeah, Rupert Grint, Ron Weasley, and then and there's there, there's a there's a black woman, and there's a kind of nondescript other you know younger white woman. Yeah. yeah, white chick. There you go. And uh, yeah, it's their job to um to basically, and they do after finally breaking into the cabin after Gwen walks back in, and her dad's it's Andrew and uh, Dan, uh, Adam, Adam. Thank you. You know, they, you know, it takes a minute, manages to subdue them. Um, uh, Andrew does get a, Dan, one of them gets a, a knock on the head, knock on the neck of the cabin, knock on the head, has a concussion. And, you know, the, the, our, the, the four villains, as it were, have got the two dads tied up and the little girl uh, as well. And, and what Leonard says is that uh, the four of us don't know each other, but we were plagued by visions of the end of the world. And what's necessary to stop the end of the world is a sacrifice from the three of you, the three of you, one of you has to kill one of the other ones and the world will be saved. Naturally, that's, that's, the, a, that's a little that's hard to swallow. That's in the trailer, isn't it? I think most of that they, is they in kind you, of the Well, trailer, that, right? that's just the thing. They take you all the way up to you need to make a decision and they don't tell you what decision okay. they need to make. So, yeah. So, like I said, that's why I feel like the trailer takes you all the way up to getting you interested. Like, what are they supposed to do? Though it's not really, it's not too far afield to make the next leap and figure out what's going to involve somebody killing somebody else or whatever. Yeah, and it's a selfless sacrifice. It can't be someone kills yeah. somebody else without their permission. The, right. the the whole premise is one of them has to willingly give willingly their life. Yes. give up their life. And one right. of this is the bad part. 
one of them has to kill though. They have right. to. It's not like uh, the bad uh, the, the folks coming him are then saying, "Okay, well, I'll kill you." Nope. It right. has to be someone from the family has to right. kill the other person that said, "I will give my life." So that's obviously right. two difficult discussions right there. Right, and, and clearly it's going to be one of the two adults. You know, they're going to. Well, or you know, not, certainly you hope. Spoilers, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on. That's yeah, the no, twist. Yep, yeah, they, yeah, they kill the yeah, they they kill the kid graphically. Um yeah. and yeah, I mean uh, it's, Or no, it, the one guy, I can't kill him, honey. You kill your father. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd come be a on. twist right there. Yeah. Do it, do it for Daddy Andrew. Kill Daddy Dan. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can't do it. Been. He's my husband. He's just your adopted dad. Exactly. Oh, yeah. was mean of me. That's a little sharp. Um, but anyway, Leonard intersperses um you know, they're on a timetable. He turns on the television occasionally and shows them that the longer that they hold off, there are disasters happening over the world. There's a huge flood that happens off the Oregon coast. Um, at one point, airplanes, a thousand of them around the world randomly yeah. fall out of the sky. There's a tsunami, earthquake yeah, causes exactly. tsunami. Yeah. So, um, and I don't think we have to go probably any further, Charlie, probably in like right. in regards to summary of the plot. But um, I would say, I think this is a movie and, and we can give our last minute takes, but I, I would say this is the least M night Shyamalan movie that I think he's made. Right. I don't, there really is no twist at the end. Right. There really Very, is no twist. Very straightforward. The only thing you're left wondering is, you know, are these four people for real? Yeah. You know, and that's that is what is explored, obviously, in the second half of the film, Um, because you don't know that the whole thing couldn't be a setup. What if, you know, and that was what I think Andrew was saying. You could have brought a video in here and every time you turn on the TV, it's it's something that, you know, you had produced. Um, And then it gets way more real as thing goes on. So, yeah, you're right. It was there was no twist. Um, I said to you going into this, I said, I hope he got somebody better to do the scripting because the way he, he writes dialogue for people like George Lucas writes dialogue for people. And so yeah. much that like Harrison Ford said, Hey George, you can write this stuff, but you sure can't say it. Um, I just really noticed that he, that is not his, his forte. Correct. And so, yeah, Todd, even you had said that, yeah, I think he's got somebody else doing the, doing the, di- it's an adi- this dialogue is an adi- script. And- and this is an adaptation uh, based right. on, an, uh, I believe, a graphic novel. Okay. And yes, there were other writers on this for it. Um, goodness, and, goodness. And we did good. get, once again, a M. Night Shyamalan cameo, which was just so weird. An odd one, the best way to put it. Um, right. And we, we won't spoil that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look for it. You'll, you won't notice it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this movie I felt was tight. They got right to the premise. Right. Um, yeah. A lot, lot quicker than I thought because they, 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 they did some interstitial flashbacks of them going to the cabin. They did a flashback of when they went to Korea to adopt her and they did a flashback of, of something else related to the plot as far as Rupert Grint's character. And yeah. Yeah. They, they did. It was very tight. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think the other part was I felt like this is the most movie movie in regards to um composition um i think strong performances by the actors heartfelt um so i think this is a different m night Shyamalan movie this was r-rated but i felt there was nothing that deserved the r-rating all the violence was shown pretty much off screen yeah it's not graphic which was good yeah and um definitely some heartfelt moments and um i did kind of guess what was kind of be going to be the reveal. So, which is not the twist. It's just a reveal that I kind of felt like, okay, I called it and I think it works. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is funny because the only thing I thought was what's to stop the next time this happens again. And if you're the family that had to make this decision, 
wouldn't feel crappy if someone just decided not to make the decision. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, I'm not doing all that. our sacrifice, oh, well, and you screwed up. What the man, heck? I'm so glad I decided to, you know, one person kill the other. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, and the whole four horsemen of the apocalypse thing, I never oh, even knew okay. them by name. That's what, I thought that was cool. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay, that's what I was talking about. Like, kind of like the not the twist, but kind of the premise of it. So right. I thought, yep, this is probably the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Which right. Is exactly the way it described it, and right. they made them different than the normal four horsemen. I, apocalypse I thought which was typically plague famine yeah. war and I turned, I turned to April as we were driving home and I said the only thing I know about the four horsemen of the apocalypse is from you know the X-Men and the X-Factor in the, the 80s that's all I know <laughs> yeah I, because yeah it was Angel yeah. and uh, it was uh, Jean Grey and yeah wasn't it one of those four horsemen and two uh, they, yeah, Archangel was the big one. Yeah, yeah they, exactly. but they over time, uh, uh, Wolverines become uh, uh, one of the four horsemen. But yeah, that, yeah, that, that fits. Yeah. That fits. Well, cool. All yeah, right, so I, I liked. It. I, I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Like I said, definitely a new step forward for him. Uh, I will. Yeah. And I think this is one of the first times he's actually adapted something that was not his own original creation, which is kind of cool. Except for that uh, Avatar, yeah. Avatar, which I've not heard good things. But anyway, Todd uh, takes home. What else? you got? One other thing here. Yeah, I th- I was really surprised by the show. Uh, there was advertisements for this thing called Peripheral. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is in this. And just around the time that she was, this is coming out, she was like tweeting up a storm. Like, hey, I want to I do PC gaming. What should I do? And I don't know if that was a ploy, but uh, definitely got people to perk up. To, oh, I can recommend a PC. And I'm like, Luke, mm-hmm. you're looking for PC recommendations. <laughs> well, yeah, just trying to get my... Patreon's got to go a little further before I can yeah. do it. Oh yeah, it's stretch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm the same yeah. boat. But I thought it was funny. But she was doing a lot of publicity, and she seems like she's a nerd at heart, and that's great. She's a great actress. I mean, she's been in Kick Ass. She was in. She was uh, one of the, the the kid actors in Thirty Rock. Uh, oh God, uh, she, yes, yeah. the, the, the the Cable Town granddaughter. Yeah, so she's she's <laughs> really turned Casey. into a, a really great actress. Didn't seem to stumble like through that weird awkward phase where. I've got to be mature now and over sexualize myself and do things like that. So oh, I think yes. she's and this role is, is really great. This is uh, a uh, based on a novel uh, by um, I'm blanking on his name. Um, he does all of like the neuromancer books, William Gibson. That's who it is. Oh, here you um, go. It's one of his creations. This is a really cool premise of this is set tw- 10 years in the future. Uh, so 2032, essentially, uh, where in the future people are using VR to essentially do jobs for other people uh, like uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of a neat thing where you can get paid to um, help people through uh, th- like real life challenges in real life through VR, which is kind of cool. That's and cool. the premise is that she is really good at this, but her brother who you find out was an ex uh, military member who essentially is on disability. Uh, he uses his avatar and she plays as him because she's oh, much better okay. at this. So it's pretty cool. And I really like that uh, premise. Um, They're definitely uh, not well to do. They're basically in the backwoods. She's working in uh, a, a dead end job and they get sent this uh, device and uh, offer to do a job uh, from essentially a South uh, American mafia of some sort. So they put it in, she goes in and apparently it's going to pay very well and it changes. I don't want to go too deep into this, but this is becomes very real. Uh, this feels like, uh, like almost like a James Bond type mission. And it's very cool. 
and oh you okay. find it's layered on deeper and deeper as you go into this. Like I finished episode two and I'm like, I can't wait to watch more. Um, I really like this, where this is going. Cause when I saw the, the, the preview for it, I'm like, this looks like one of those sci-fi movies or things that are just like, it's cooler than, in the, than the substance inside it is. Basically, yes. it's synergy. Of, it's a lot of spectacle. Looks <laughs> neat, but when it comes down to it, it's a lot of like the the plot's not the plotting is not good. The pacing's bad. It mm-hmm. takes forever to get to the point. Where are we yeah. going? Um, mm-hmm. and and you just feel like this doesn't feel. It's not really. It, it, it's there's been a lot of those that have failed because they just fail to deliver on um, timely delivery of what you should take away to move mm-hmm. yourself forward and why should I be invested? And I think this one does a great job. Even with episode one, I think it delivered. Episode two layered on that and makes me even more excited about where this is going. And the cast is great. It's The budget seems very, you know, capable of delivering what they wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where this goes. So, And who's, um, who's, who's got it? Where's it on it? Amazon has it. Amazon. Maybe yeah. That's probably where I saw something for it because you know Amazon is everywhere. Yeah, I think they were advertising like uh, Thursday night football when they when they have their games. So um, I really am impressed. It's going to be my new uh, treadmill show or my elliptical show, or I watch it nice. when I'm doing my elliptical exercise, which is good. And uh, yeah, I think uh, if you're interested in Luke, I think from a this reminded me of like Hitman. So like the game video game Hitman okay. where you're doing missions and stuff like that. But I'm like this. Yeah. This is why I'm thinking like they should develop Hitman. And take yeah. that premise and make a TV show about it, like the hit that of the week. Cool. That would be so yeah. awesome versus the that bad. Would be cool. What was it? Timmy Al- Timothy Elephant was he in the Hitman yes, movie? He, he was in the first one, and then there was a second movie that didn't really hit either. Um, yeah, I liked he did not Hitman. <laughs> it did not. Yeah, hit Hitman. I mean, it's a simple premise. I mean, you just he takes on missions and has to take out people, and the video game's kind of taken it to the next level where it's like the premises are ridiculous mm-hmm. and you can do anything you can. Like Charlie, they, they did a, 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 one of the missions. The game was essentially it was Clue, but you were mm-hmm. coming in as an inspector to solve a crime, but you're also there yep. to kill somebody. It was great. It was great. Oh so, um, yeah. yeah. So I could just see this. This made me think of Hitman as I watched it. So I think this is really cool. Um, the tech is neat. The special effects are good. And the acting is great. Uh, not a lot of actors you'll know. Uh, but uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if you're looking for something new. Um, I don't know if it's going to get a second season. But I, th- I I hope it does. I'm not sure what Amazon's track record is, quite honestly, with renewals and canceling things. So far, mm-hmm. they've seemed like they've been pretty good about um, keeping things going. Excellent. Well, cool. All right. Rapidly rap rap. Time to get out of the geek easy. Todd, get out. It's your turn to buy the plane tickets on Air Qantas to get us down to the land down under. Tina and the mutants await this week. Here we come. DCU. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, the big news dropped. James Gunn promised that we would have more to share about what is actually happening in the DC cinematic universe at the end of January. He promised. He made it just under the gun, he as pro- they would say. Oh, under the, under the gun? Come on now. Exactly. So he did a five-minute video that dropped, and he essentially went through everything. Very quick, very polished, very excited. And basically walking you through kind of like what the plan is. And this is just, as he said, what I'm telling you right now is only part one. And we're calling it 
gods and monsters. Oh. Yeah. So very quickly, I will go through. And Charlie, thank you for putting this little this little image I found. If you guys scroll down at the document, it's kind of neat because it's kind of giving oh, you did, a little bit did, of everything. Did I put it there? I was just no, 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 I, no, no, no. You you gave it to me, and I or you put it, shared it with the group, and I put it in this. Oh, I so, did. Okay, yeah. yeah so, so so yes, there. Yes, it was so on me. Got this, <laughs> we've got this great graphic, which kind of like I, I'll, I'll kind of explain how this works. So essentially, what James Gunn said was there is several things that have already been completed in the works that I had nothing to do with, but they are coming. These are essentially mm-hmm. the remnants of everything that I did not have anything to do with, but I we need to either put out or we're not doing anymore. And it's reflected in the universe reset is what they're calling it. So and we, there's we have, no bad girl. Yeah, so <laughs> we've, dead for so, good. So we talked about that. Yeah. Batgirl, uh, black Adam was, was released. Batgirl was not <laughs> yep. black Adam. Oh, I like that. Movie. Be nice. Batgirl looks Sorry. Liked it. Sorry, buddy. All right. All right. So we do know James Gunn said you're going to get Shazam, uh, fury of the gods. That's coming out March 17th. We're getting flash in June. That will then reset everything, which is confusing to me, but he said it should all make sense, okay? Because he touched on the fact that he said some of these things are not very connected, so they play well with potentially the future of the universe, which would be mm-hmm. Blue Devil, which comes out, or sorry, Blue Beetle, which Blue comes Beetle. out in yeah. August. Um, and then we have Aquaman 2, which is the one that confuses me the most. It's the, what, is, what does the subhead say? The Kingdom of Poseidon? What does it say? The, the last kingdom, kingdom. the lost, lost kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. So this is kind of like he he basically said this is kind of the things that are are, are coming soon, and we'll take care of how it's going to set up what's next. He then mentioned um, the fact is we will have something called DC Elseworlds, which if you've read any DC comics over the years, this is where DC puts out comics, which is basically say this is our attempt to tell stories with existing characters and do different things with them, but they are not canon. It's just right. us taking opportunities to tell stories and just play around with our characters as we will. Um, right. Those would be Joker, uh, du, I think is what the sequel is called. Um, that is, that's coming out in 2024. The Batman, uh, that is coming out as well. Part two, um, you mean? Part two, the Batman part two is coming out in 2025. Uh, then we have Teen Titans Go, which was funny that they called that out because I'm like, I guess they're still making. I didn't know they were still making Teen Titans Go. I th- and Superman, Superman and Lois, which I thought was dead. April and I liked that show. We watched all of it on HBO. Well, it's the only one that they haven't made a de- decision on if it's oh, going okay. to So that one might, might go it, off the list. <laughs> yeah, but as of right now, it's not tied into really anything their plans are. It's just they're calling yeah. it Elseworlds. So that is kind of like setting the stage for essentially everything that we know of and it's out there is where it's going to go. So then we basically have got James Gunn telling us we're going to get five TV series and five movies that are all brand new that he and Peter Safran in the writer's room got together and said, we are going to make. Um, And we can go through those fairly quick. Um, Creature Commandos, it's animated. It's going to be one of the first things. Um, This has been a comic book. And it's actually, there is a DC Nation's short that they did a couple of shorts previously. If you want to see those, I can share those. Um, That's pretty cool. We're getting Waller, which is essentially uh, the character from... uh, Amanda Waller, Suicide 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 Squad. Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, who will have her own series. Essentially, they're calling this Peacemaker Mm -hmm. 1.5. Then we have uh, Superman Legacy. This is going to be a younger Superman. This is coming out May or July 2025. 
Uh, we're getting Lanterns, a live yes. action TV series with John Stewart and not the not the comedian, but John oh, Stewart too bad. and Damn. Al Jordan, where they are terrestrial lantern, lanterns, space cops uh, assigned to Earth. The Authority, which is a Wildstorm property, which is essentially these. This is a, essentially a super team that is a little less scrupulous um, than uh, the JLA, but like the boys. have a good intention. Uh, yeah, a little go. bit like that. Not, then not we like have <laughs> and we have Paradise Lost, which is a live action TV series. They're calling this kind of like Game of Thrones political intrigue on Paradise Island, also known nice. as Primaspera. It's a TV nice. series, which don't really know yet if this is pre Diana. I don't know if that's been determined. Um, we are getting Batman: The Brave and the Bold. It's going to be a film. This is going to be a new take on Batman with Damian Wayne, which is based on another comic book series by Grant Morrison. Um, then we have Booster Gold, a live action series, which is uh, Booster Gold was a heritage '80s character was introduced, essentially a hero from the future. Uh, kind of a ne'er-do-well, comes back w- using technology from the future, comes back to be a hero. Um, think of it almost like um, uh, a TikTok star wanting to be a superhero. <laughs> I, I get oh, yeah, when I think about Booster Gold, I think about Star Lord. If that helps. Oh, anybody. there you go. Exactly. Oh, that's, okay, cool. Yeah. But wanting to be like a star, but you're right, pointing like you can call me Star Lord. Yeah, same thing with that. Yeah, Booster right. Gold is one that I, I loved it because I had a comic book back in the day. He had a friend called like a robot uh, drone called Skeets that mm-hmm. was kind of like the professor would try to keep him on his straight and narrow. And he teamed up with uh, Blue Beetle, uh, Ted Cord. Um, nice. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. It's another film. Uh, this is based on a uh, an actual comic series that came out in 2021 by Tom King. It's uh, lauded to be very good. It's focusing on a different Supergirl. Charlie, this is actually going to be our next Spinner Rack. Yeah, it's going to be Spinner Rack. And look for it in a couple weeks, folks, on Patreon. Yeah, and then Swamp Thing. This is going to be a film. Uh, The funny part about Swamp Thing, he's already had two movies from the 80s that were really bad. And he also had a TV series on DC Universe. For two and a half seconds. (laughs) Yeah, I canceled, so I didn't watch it. Love the first Swamp Thing because uh, you had Adrian Barbeau topless. What do you want? Anyway... (laughs) Um, and uh, this is going to be DC dipping into horror. Um, and it was announced that James Mangold is most likely going to direct this. James Mangold directed Logan. Uh, Ooh, James yes. Mangold, I Indiana believe. Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. Exactly. So this is this is everything. I've kind of laid everything out here. So I, mm-hmm. I do not want to be like, we're not going to discuss this. We are. I just wanted to have everybody say, this is what's happening with DC. Mm-hmm. We have never gotten this before in regards to so many things announced so far in advance map that exactly. they want to stick to. Cause yeah, with DC, it was always, we're going to do this. And now we stuck the rack in here and he's telling us we're, we're going to blah, blah, blah. And before this, it was, it'll become this thing or that thing, or this show canceled or here comes discovery and we're going to cancel a bunch of stuff. So it's just, it's, it's been a mess from the 10,000 foot view of someone who's not a, a DC uh, devotee the way that you two guys are as well. But I want to hear what Luke thinks because he's he's the DC. He's our DC dude. So rap to me. Ooh, so I remember when Zack Snyder first came in and there was a vision and that was exciting because you had a vision. Man of Steel was the start of something new. And so mm-hmm. that was exciting. Um, then to your point, Charlie, a lot of mixed and muddling and frustrations and, uh, some people liked it. Some people didn't, whatever it is. It sounds to me when I look at this slate from James Gunn that, all right, we're done with the internet. Like there were a lot of great things about Snyderverse, a lot of things that people found wanting and then some weird, confusing parts. I'm excited 
for people to be excited about DC once again. That is what it is for me. I know that whoever wears the cape, because I love Henry Cavill as Superman, but whoever wears that cape, I'm probably going to love. Um, uh, short of Dean Kane, I'm going to love him because it's my hero. It's, it's people that I look up to. And so I'm excited for people to care about DC. It sounds like James Gunn is, and his team are sitting down to create a plan that while it existed before, Snyder did have a plan before, got meddled with. I don't. Th- it doesn't sound like DC is going to meddle. Sounds like this is yours. Go. He's the dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the dude. So I like that unified vision. I'm excited to see what they put together. Uh, one thing that nobody can ever accuse James Gunn of uh, is ignoring source material. He's very good at respecting source material. He's very good at uh, taking comics to screen. He's proven that in Marvel. He's proven that in DC. He's done it uh, multiple times in both. You have the Peacemaker. You have uh, the Suicide Squad. You have everything he's done with Guardians of the Galaxy and consulting on Avengers proper. I'm excited for this. I'm very excited for this. He made some choices that I definitely wouldn't. There are some things that I'd like to see different. And either way, I'm still excited for this because it's bringing people to care about the heroes I care about so much. And I'm kind of done with Marvel. I think I'm just kind of like I I have MCU fatigue. I, I really loved everything phases one through three parts of phase four. And it's just kind of getting long in the tooth for me. And so I'm excited for people to kind of swing their vision over to DC in what looks to be a pretty positive way, regardless. I, um, Luke, and, and I'm a, I'm a DC diehard. Um, I've, I've really wanted to be about excited about DC and I felt like DC for every win, they got a loss and it's, right. and it's, it's, yep. it's consistency would be great. I do what I do have loved about DC. They're willing to take chances and do things all over the place. Yep. But it has felt disconnected. I mean, you got right. like um, Doom Patrol, then you got Titans, then you mm-hmm. got Pennyworth, then you got Gotham, and th- it's like, uh, and then you got the Joker, CW. and exactly, mm-hmm. then you got some of the great animated stuff that we saw. It was like, this is great, adapt mm-hmm. some of those. So, and and because of the different leadership changes um, throughout time, it felt like the, the folks at the head of Warner Brothers didn't really know what they wanted to do, but they're like, you know do something and right. you know we'll pick some good projects and we'll pick some good people behind it but um it was the the, the tone the narrative was kind yeah. of like all over place um, for every the batman there was a wonder woman 1984 you know oh, what gosh. i mean and it's just like what is this how guy? do they make like, pedro pedro pascal look like a moron i mean yeah that right. guy yeah, the story was stupid it didn't fit into the universe yeah. like right why not like w- why not and then i a lot of people love the Joker or like the, the one with walking. Yeah, yeah. That's not a DC movie. Like, there's nothing DC in there except that he paints his face and calls himself Joker. It doesn't feel like a DC movie at all. Um, right. What's that doing there next to the Batman? You've got the Batman and the Joker. They don't, they don't, there's nothing there, you know, right. there's no connection. And, right. right. And so that's a very strange thing. I understand the unified vision. Um, I'm a little bit befuddled because I really did like the tone that black Adam hit. Um, it felt like an in-between of the super serious and the fun, but even if it didn't hit it, there were, there was groundwork laid and how many times in the last decade did we see groundwork laid for future DC mm-hmm. that wasn't fulfilled? Yeah. So at the very least, we're going to get rid of that. I don't know why Blue Beetle exists. If it's not part of a larger thing, that's not going to do well at all. I don't know what Aquaman 2 is doing. I think we, I guess we have to see the flash, but like, okay, so now you've got Ezra Miller. 
can you keep going? Like, <laughs> da, 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 apparently da. the movie's great, but like Ezra's screwing up, and then you got Zach Levi making comments, and it's like, bro, what's going on yeah. here? What are you yeah, gonna right. do? Just cut yeah. the cord. Let me die. Yeah, right. and if, if James, <laughs> and, let me do and, a Black Widow. Yeah, and if mm-hmm. if we know anything about James Gunn, the guy was almost like out of the industry. Right. Disney essentially fired him. They got rid of him. So he knows that. Quite honestly, sometimes, you know, things don't always go your way and going in the public spotlight, things go back to haunt you. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why he's like not shutting the door on a lot of things. And right. that's that's one of the things I think is, is humbling is James Gunn didn't have to be on Twitter constantly at answering dumb questions. Right. You know, <laughs> he didn't have to mention the fact that he met with Gal Gadot. He met with The Rock. He met with all these people. He's creating relationships. And James Gunn right. has great relationships with everybody he's worked with. And he's right. not shutting the door on anybody. He, Like he said, I may work with the, the people I worked in the past. I may work with them again. It's okay. I can mm-hmm. do that. But I'm going to bring in new faces, new talent. And I think that's what's great. And James Gunn has what I, what I think even Kevin, what Kevin Feige doesn't have. Kevin Feige hasn't made a film. He's produced a film, but mm-hmm. he's never made it. And Kevin Feige is 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 a gem, but he's never come on the screen and, and Twitter and told you what's happening. It's been other people behind it. So right. it's, it, it's really refreshing to see a leader um, show this excitement, the guy that's behind this, and not shy away from all of the elephants in the room. So regardless mm-hmm. of you know what Taking this goes. Taking slings and arrows, right? Yeah, and, and it's funny because there was an article about the fact that James Gunn has been continuing to talk about these are the comics that inspire some of the things, and he's reading them. And as soon as he put those out there, these comic books are now sold out. And that's mm-hmm. amazing. Synergy, baby. He's making money for the big beast. Yeah. Well, it's I great. Think, because it's I great think, interest, uh, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, no, I really did forget it, but I'll, I'll come back to it. I'll find it. I'll find it. But, it's in there. Oh, yeah, I know what I was going to say. I'm so oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Bad podcaster. Um, what I like about the building relationships part, Todd, is in building relationships, he's acknowledged what's going on with Henry Cavill. He's talked to Ben Affleck. He might get Ben Affleck for directing. Well, that's no slouch of a director. Say what you oh. will, but the guy wins awards, and he's a great director. And mm. he doesn't have to wear the bat suit to contribute to DC. In a world where... And DC does this many times. We meet our heroes once again from other from from Elseworlds. Forgive the, mm-hmm. the accidental pun. There's no reason to think you couldn't see him again. Michael Keaton's going to suit up again. No reason they can't come back. We saw Brendan Routh do it. Um, there's a lot of avenues and ways. And so for him to not shut doors on people, to leave options open is cool. The part that frustrates me is, okay, what's Aquaman 2 doing? Who's that? Is he Aquaman? Is he going to stay Aquaman? Who's the Flash? Who's Superman? Who's Batman? I want. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very mm-hmm. curious how that gets navigated, um, and I do not want Matt Reeves Batman anywhere near this universe. Correct. Let let that exist. It's kind of like the Nolan verse. It doesn't work well with superpowers. No. Right. Um, let that be okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what they're going to do, and that's the whole point of calling. I think they're going to. You're going to see DC Elseworlds colon the batman and 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 I, I think people are smart enough to figure that out um you know never underestimate the intelligence of audience these days because i think when you do then you get like the batman origin for the 85th time mm-hmm. we don't need it we just don't need right. it. we need to expect that we know who superman is we know who batman is there's enough nerds in the world and right. you know if people don't know what we no, talk about 
hundred year old hundred year old origin stories damn near we're getting there you know exactly what I mean? yeah and and i am very excited a lot of a lot of the source material is driving a lot of these future projects i think when it the source material is ignored or just not really uh taken taken in account um i think you lose opportunities to say what this story was great and it can work it just probably needs to be tweaked and adapted to the strength of the medium it's going to right, so right. um swamp thing you know alan moore one of the best runs in comics history from a horror lens and creating a campy character and making him iconic. The authority, everyone's saying comparing to the boys, the authority came out before the boys and um, they are a really unique super team with a lot of unique characters. They introduced um, uh, Midnighter and Apollo, which was one of the first gay, gay couples that were there. And they were a superhero couple, um, a kind of a riff on DC characters, all-star Superman. A great comic book. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's going to necessarily be adapted to it, but I think there's going to take the heart and some of the soul of some of those things might influence what, what their version of Lex Luthor will be, which is great. And then, um, Luke, and I think you, you are a huge fan of Batman. We've got very mm -hmm. little Batman family in anything on the silver screen. And the fact that Damian Wayne is coming in, which mm -hmm. means if Damian Wayne's in this, we're probably going to get Nightwing. We're probably going to get other family members coming in, which is phenomenal. We've got how many years of Batman and yet very rarely, except for that Batman, um, was it Batman and Robin movie? Mm -hmm. That's about it on the silver screen. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you had in, in Snyderverse, he was only mentioned in like backgrounds, like Robin was dead, but that was Dick Grayson right. that was killed only off screen mentioned or in like the post credit mentions, uh, but never seen. You had Batman and Robin with Chris O'Donnell. Uh, Batman Forever, Alicia of course, Silverstone. Donald. Mm -hmm. um, Alicia Silverstone. But the Bat Family is one of those dangerous things to mess with, I think, on the silver screen because it can very easily get too big and bloated, and you get, and then you have a CW show. Yeah. Right? And that's a scary, scary problem because there's a lot, like, how many, like, are you going all the way to Cassandra Kane? You know, like, where are you taking it? And we've seen some of these characters, you know, here and there, but it can very easily become something that you don't want. And you look at that. There's a new Batman show that doesn't star Batman called Gotham Knights oh, mm -hmm. coming out. Right. Like, yikes. That looks bad. Ooh. So I'm stoked to see Damian Wayne. Cause he's a fantastic character with a huge backstory. Are we going to see that backstory? I hope so. Are we going to see stuff happen? I hope so. And that's kind of the cool part about what James Gunn is talking about, where these characters, they played by the same actors, they might voice them, but they're going to weave in and out of animation and live action. That might be how you get to see some of that backstory. If that's cool. I think that's really neat. If it gets pulled off, it's a lot of coordination. They're going to need a Bible in front of them. That's, you know, walls and walls long do's and don'ts and really planning, mm -hmm. but that's what the MCU has. Um, right. And nine times out of 10, the MCU has gotten it right. Story wise, very yeah. few plot holes for, mm -hmm. 30 some odd movies and several shows now. So, so I like that. I, there's a lot of good news here for anything. If anyone's locking onto this, the frustrating stuff, it's time to, to acknowledge like there's a lot good here and DC has got a bright mm -hmm. future potentially, but I've seen a great roadmap before, you know, yeah. right. there was a time when yeah. David Ayer had the suicide squad and we were really excited before studio meddling. Yeah. And then, you know, things go away. And I hate when people, whatever your opinions on, are on that. I hate when the original vision is sacrificed by, by people not that don't make movies that don't right. read comics. 
that right, size. Right, 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 right. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say one last thing is, um, so this is, so James Gunn essentially is going to be in charge of the vision of the movies, TVs, and games. The mm-hmm. comics will still be under Jim Lee's purvey, which great. is great because there is tons of source material. They don't have to create new source material that can, then they, but they could play with each other if they need to. But essentially, right. they don't have to. The comics don't have to be held to what's going on, on the screen but uh, they could if they wanted to, which is great. Mm -hmm. But then the games part is interesting because we don't have a lot of new DC games announced except for the Wonder Woman game and then Suicide Squad. So maybe this means that we're going to get more games soon. But the worry about that is, and Luke, you know this, games get delayed all the time. So you can't have a pivotal moment in a game then say, well, now the game's delayed, so the movie's going to get delayed. That's a difficult thing to care because they said, somebody mentioned today, if a game gets kicked off today, it's probably not going to happen. You're not going to see it actually finish product four or five years from now. Right. Oh boy. Yikes. I just want a Superman game. So oh, yeah. Least, please. God, has there ever been? Oh, Charlie, not, there have been. Not in a long time. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think, oh, that, that was it, uh, Superman, um, that one Superman game based on the Deaths of Superman, like in the SNES oh, and God. Genesis. Oh, no. So it's Might just be the, the best Superman game. The, the, the kind of a bits and pieces ones, just a side yeah. scroller or something like that. Yeah. And like Maximum Carnage. It's kind of that, that time frame when they make those yeah, games. Yeah, so they're bouncing. It's like, yeah, it's just all do 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 No, Side scrolling. Todd, I don't, wow. I don't know how caught up you are on XEPU. There was an episode I did where I talked about older superhero games yeah and you had I, the, the I, one for your 360 right yeah no for original xbox it's oh. this like you would never think it game made by atari oh, on gosh. the original xbox of all things but it wasn't half bad like it's pretty good i was like all right the, the, okay. i see the groundwork like it, it's very doable i think Okay. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll be excited to see if this works. But yeah, I think the intent yeah. is good to say like, hey, we could have the uh, these fantastic actors voice act the games, which I mean, I get it. Voice actors are fantastic. But when you hear the guy doing the impression of Tony Stark uh, version, it's like, it doesn't even sound like, uh, it, right. so it's like, unless he's doing his own thing and you're, but if you're having played the same character and he doesn't sound like it, it's very right. funky at times. Um, yeah. So um, I guess last question for everybody, based on these properties you see, um, what has you most excited? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I love the lanterns. I, I love lamp. <laughs> there was our, there was our bit on our, when I was doing voice to text the other day, when I was talking to you and Mark, I love lamp. Uh, yeah, I'm all about those lanterns, baby. Let's see that. I've, I've, I've been a, a, you know, a closet green lantern fan for a long time, but something new about Batman is also great. So that's, that's a tough call. Uh, for me, lanterns, I, I'm going to go with lanterns as well, even though I'll always, uh, get excited for Batman and Superman. Um, Lanterns is cool because he said it's, you know, focuses on John and Hal and, but a few others. And I'm a diehard Kyle Rayner fan. Mm-hmm. I love Kyle Rayner specifically as a green lantern. Um, I knew he had runs with other colors and did some other things, but like everything, everything Kyle Rayner leading up to the power of ion, I loved. So, could we see him in there? That'd be a really cool, neat thing for me. Um, Lanterns opens a lot of doors as well for the universe to see the, the Manhunters, the, the Sinestro Corps, and so many other possibilities. And I think that's really neat. Um, also, shout out to that CGI show about Green Lantern. That was actually legit. Oh, that was great. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious about Supergirl. Curious. Um, if you don't get Superman right, I could care less about Supergirl. Mm, um, true. Just it's just important that it exists in that way. Uh, 
because that's how the Justice League works and operates. And it's really cool to see Superman mentoring a super being mm-hmm. like that. And Supergirl's a really cool character. Um, but there have been several iterations. So, that's Yeah, uh, I, I think the the mix of things we've got here leads the door open to there's I think there's something for anybody, everybody and anybody. Because um, if you don't like X, you might like Y, which is kind of cool. And I think that a lot of this is a lot of new characters to a lot of people, which is kind of neat. Um, mm-hmm. J- James Gunn made people care about the Guardians of the Galaxy True. when uh, before he came along. Um, I bet I bet nobody, unless they were deep into Marvel lore, had even heard of them. So that's right. that's true, the credit to James true. Gunn that if he finds you know diamonds in the rough. Uh, but for me, I, I don't want to be a broken record, but Lanterns, uh, he was he was my Bring favorite DC hero of all time, and the fact that um, essentially has been off limits and we haven't seen him uh, could be awesome. I love that animated series, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. Luke back in the day. Love that that series, fantastic. Um, but for me. Um, I am really excited about um, Superman having adventures. Mm-hmm. Very, We have not gotten Superman doing adventures because he's typically, it's life or death and it's just a one-off. I want to see Superman take on various rogues galleries. I want him mm-hmm. to see adventures and doing these things, interacting with the, you know, I don't know if he's going to be interacting with other heroes as well in this movie, um, but I think it would be a fantastic way to see him. I mean, I love Brandon Ruth. I, I, I've I've loved a lot of things about every Superman version we've got, but we've rarely gotten that just Superman villain of the week or or something else. We've got right. we've not gotten Brainiac proper, which is great. Mongol would be a good he- villain to take on. Um, there's some other stories that I think you really to tell some really cool stories. And the fact that Jameson talked about um, he believe uh, believes in a Superman with kindness and also he's going to make people understand why a Superman still matters in a world where people think he's relevant. And that mm. makes me very excited. That's a, yeah. And that's a, that's a tall order, but I believe it can be done. That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Good deal. Absolutely. Well, that is it. Uh, folks, let us know though, if you have your own thoughts on what shows you would like to see that you don't see listed here or the ones that you're really excited about, uh, that we are going to be get getting. Um, and if anybody has any guesses, what's going to happen with Aquaman two? Let us know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody knows. It's in the wind. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yes, yes. Well, Luke, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We made it past our first snafu. Uh, we, we get it uh, you know, tight. We're done. Um, thank you so much. Uh, let people know where they can find you. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to join you guys. Always down for talking DC. Uh, you can find me on all your socials, Hive, Instagram, Twitter, at InsipidGhost. Uh, and you can find my content on all your podcast services and YouTube, the Xbox Expansion Pass. Excellent. Todd, where do people find you? Uh, at Tioxtra, uh, just having a good time there uh, meeting new folks. And I've got a bunch of new followers lately, so that's really neat uh, to see the folks that are seeing what I'm up to and, and can't wait to talk more folks. Um, also working on some some future guests for Sea Fringe Unite and new content coming to our Patreon group, too. So very excited. This has been like a recharge for Secret Friends, so very excited about our Patreon. So, folks, check out our Patreon, check out our uh, website, and uh, just, yeah, very excited to be part of this SFU team. You got it. And uh, you can find me, of course, uh, primarily on Twitter at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. Uh, other socials, other places. I'm dabbling a little bit on Instagram uh, these days, but it's under my pseudonym so they don't find me. Uh, my lovely wife in April and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is the West Michigan chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club. I also run the region, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you happen to live in any of those places, want to meet other trekkers in your neighborhood, I am your guy. So please drop me a line. 
fine uh, website of that name. Again, that is the USS Grand Petoskey. One last shout out to our awesome Patreons. Couldn't do it without you. You can visit us over at patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite uh, to see what we've got in store. And we would love to have you on board. With that, I'm going to tell you, thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. And keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. And a truck. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Yeah, yeah! This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.